Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout, presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York Giants. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. Our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the previous game, also look ahead to the latest items surrounding the Giants, and we always focus on three themes. Today, opportunistic plays, overall defensive performance, and Tommy DeVito's decision-making. As the Giants made it two wins in a row for the first time this season, holding off the Patriots 10-7 to as Chad Ryland's 35-yard field goal went wide left at the very end of regulation. And Howard, I want to start with the opportunistic plays because last week we had a conversation, six takeaways against the Commanders, and they scored 24 points off of those takeaways, which, as you know, I emphasize halfway the battle is to take away the ball. The other half is to do something with them. And two of the three led to the two scores for the Giants because they got the field goal and the touchdown they already started in New England territory. One drive was at the 26. The other one was at the 32. And in a 10-7 game with two of the lowest scoring offenses in football, points you know were going to come at a premium. So the complementary feel between the defense and the offense came up huge in this game. I think it was, you know, some of that. I think also you have to remember that they had a very giving team for Thanksgiving with the Patriots. They turned the ball over a tremendous amount. Uh, that's no, no accident that they could get, you know, interceptions, fumbles, whatever else, because Mac Jones, you know, love him to death, roll tie, but he's giving the ball away and Zappy was was willing to give it away as well. So and they actually dropped two or three other interceptions. In, so it could have been much worse. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in terms of the opportunities that New England has given the opposition, the best way to describe it, Howard, is they've had at least one turnover in all but one game this season. The only game New England did not turn the ball over was against the Jets, which they coincidentally won. And you're smiling because you're right. You're on point. And, Russ, that's the other element in play here for the Giants' defense, taking advantage of an opponent that has been careless with the football. Well, that I mean, you know, what, what does every coach talk about? Taking advantage of your opportunities. You know, if you're like, let them rest in peace, your old GM uh, – George Young, uh, Howard used to say, you know, I don't care if it's the little sisters of the poor. If that's who you're playing, you have to beat them. And, and I have to give kudos to um, Brian Dable because you, you know what? For, for the short time Tommy DeVito has been in there, he's brought him along slowly. He's You can see some growth in Tommy DeVito. As uh, Parcells used to say, let's not put him in Canton just yet. But the point is, he is improving, and he's he's has improved with each game. He's taken steps. And listen, you know, I'm sitting in the press box last night, and I'm watching, and I'm going, oh, Tommy, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. And Howard, to your credit, you brought it up last week uh, about, you know, yeah, he might be holding on to the ball a bit. But at the same time, while he's holding on to the ball, he is not forcing throws. He's not making critical mistakes. So, yeah, it's all a pro, um, learning progression. And I think that's what he's doing, and that's what's being shown. Listen, those weren't the Tom Brady Patriots he beat yesterday. You know, <laughs> don't, but but the bottom line is he did what he needed to do. They got a little blessing at the end of the game and a little good luck. Well, they've had a lot of bad luck this season. So let's put it that way. Maybe it's evening out a bit. But they just won two games in a row, and I think going into the bye week, that's just what the doctor ordered. 
Yeah, I think it's what the doctor ordered. I mean, Russ, think about it. Like, they played two poor teams. They, they took advantage of both of them. They won. We're happy that they won both games. Uh, Tommy's doing really well. Uh, what was given to him, the opportunity. So he's having a good moment. But at the end of the day, you got to constantly remember, you got to be careful with with expectations when you know what's going on you know, on the field playing against the Patriots and when they're giving the ball away over and over again. The next few games they, that the Giants have, they'll be up against it hard with, with really good defenses and you know capable quarterbacks. Oh, I agree with you on that, that Howard. Quite frankly, Tommy DeVito has exceeded my expectations thus far, <laughs> regardless whether they played the Commanders and the Patriots. I'm just saying they've improved. This is a team that's battered and bruised and beaten up. You don't have this guy playing. You didn't have Dex yesterday. You don't have Evan Neal. You don't have, still don't have Wallet. You don't have a lot of guys, but they're playing. And, and you know what? Again, kudos to, to the entire staff. This team, the guys have not quit. And, you, you know, losing, listen, Howard, nobody knows it better than you because you played the game. Winning builds confidence. Losing can go in the other direction. And they haven't lost confidence. So I, I, I think that's a good sign. Definitely. They keep fighting. You can tell, tell the team's fighting the entire way. Well, Howard, I, I think you bring up an excellent point. I would agree with you. The caliber of the competition needs to be taken into consideration. There's no doubt about it. They're going to have a Green Bay Packers team coming out of the bye that's playing much better football with Jordan Love emerging. And they're going to have the Eagles twice. But it goes back to you play who's on your schedule. You don't make any excuses, which is what Russ was talking about. And you got to capitalize. You don't need to apologize. You didn't tell the NFL when to align these teams. And nobody knew that New England was going to be in this situation at this point, this late in the season. Well, I mean, based on Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien, hold on a minute, an Alabama guy admitting Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones reuniting and Bill O'Brien's track record with quarterbacks, Howard, I would say it's a bit surprising how much he's regressed since his rookie campaign from Mac oh. Jones' perspective. From Mac Jones's perspective, think about this. Like this, his rookie campaign, he had a Josh over there. They did a good job throwing the ball around. They they worked with his abilities. They had a few more weapons on on the offense, and they played well. The defense was even a little bit better. The next year, you bring in the the special teams coach and a defensive coach trying to call offensive plays. You basically throw the year away because you think Bill O'Brien will come back to save us. You bring Bill O'Brien in. They don't have any receivers. I mean, they have a couple guys out there, but nobody to go deep. No, no major threats. They must have thrown um, eight or nine, maybe ten like wide receiver screens during the game. That's yeah, not offense. Yeah. That that's like that's basically we're giving up because we can't get the ball down the field. And you can see Mac Jones throwing the ball, trying to get the guys to get on the back shoulder throws over and over again. They weren't turning around. They weren't jumping for the ball. So there's a disconnect through the entire offense out there. So Bill Bryant could be. The second coming of Bill Walsh, if you want to, but it's not going to make that team any better. Well, yeah, his throws were also very questionable and suspect, too. I mean, some of the interceptions, Mac Jones threw it right to Bobby Okereke. And if you remember, yeah. a few plays prior, he threaded the needle between two defenders, got it right past Isaiah Simmons to Devontae Parker for a third and 15 conversion. So if that's not the complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of his conversion rate, I don't know what is. Well, the Bobby Okereke, you know, 
interception is more of a Wink Martindale's defense than it is Bobby Okereke because basically Bobby drops down like he's going to blitz and he's inside. And when the play, when the ball is snapped, they drop back into the zone, knowing that that the uh, O'Brien's break for the blitz is to run the slant. So they just step under the slant over and over again. They did it like four or five times in the game. You're not going to throw the outside screen. And you're going to throw the slant. They're going to step in that zone. Then you're going to throw the ball right to the linebacker or sometimes the safety. You know, you, you to, on, on the one that Simmons just missed, that was a completion that, that um, Lance just alluded to. I got to tell you, that was – you know, sometimes we we say, "Oh, he shouldn't have gambled or what." Simmons was that close to making a terrific grab on that. It just, you know, sometimes the other guy beats you. He beats you. I'll tell you one receiver though. We need to talk about, and I think we're finding out that this kid is the real deal. Is one Jalen Hyatt because you know it's, when guys come into the league, and you know this, Howard, from playing, guys, some guys come into the league and they're fast, super fast. But you know what? That's all they are. It's super fast. Hyatt is showing that, number one, he's tough. He can take a hit, and he can go up and get the ball, not just beat you, but he can go up in traffic and battle somebody for the ball. I, I was very impressed. Good for him for a 100-yard game yesterday. Yeah, he could have had a lot more. You know, he's yeah. got to get – He's going to get a little stronger on the, when he's running the route down the field, especially on those go routes. He's going to press his defender inside. The guy was kind of riding him out of bounds, and that's how the, the, the catches were still big, big plays. But they could have went for touchdowns. So he he'll get there as he hits the weight room for for a year or so. He'll get a lot stronger. I think what was impressive to me was that he ran some inside routes and caught the ball. And when you're catching the ball, when you're going in the middle and knowing that you can get hit by a linebacker and safety. That makes a big difference, and when people think about you, they're not really worried about you going deep every time. They're just worried about you catching the ball. He's going to pan out to be one of the, one of the better receivers if he can stay healthy and get stronger. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought it up. Watching him go across the middle, uh, you know, some guys you can almost see in their body language that they're already hearing footsteps before the footsteps come. He doesn't play that way. He's going to get the ball and, you know, double may care. Let's see what happens. I'm very, I, he's been very impressive this whole season. He definitely, read the, he definitely read the NFL rule book and he knows they can't hit him when going across the middle. <laughs> well, what <laughs> they, like they, not, what not they like do. They yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's also very good in knowing the geography of the field which I think he deserves credit for. Because if you noticed, you were talking the middle of the field, Howard, but there's been a lot of sideline throws. And he's very mm -hmm. effective in making sure he gets both feet in before his momentum takes him out of play. And that's a part of completing the process of the catch. He's had a lot of close ones. And every time you go to replay, you see one foot in, dragging the other. I think that has stood out. And that brings us to a larger point, too, about the offense. Even though it wasn't a clinic yesterday, and Tommy did a good job protecting the football. They did only score 10 points, but wide receivers made plays. It wasn't just Hyatt. How about the play Isaiah Hodgins makes, okay? The stiff arm on Jonathan Jones and then gets into the end zone after that extra effort. Guys, we have not seen those level of plays consistently throughout the season. So that was the other difference. Guys, I don't want to say going above the X's and O's. I think that's more of a cliched line, but I just want to leave it as they made plays for their quarterback and leave it at that. Well, yeah, they oh, did. Go, they ahead, did. go ahead, they Howard. Did what they were doing, like I said, the, the big thing with Hyde, he's got to get a little stronger on the go routes to try to press the defender inside so he'll have a little more room on the on the on when he's going down the sideline. That, that will, you know, 
get rid of, I guess, his spectacular catches, but as long as he'll have more room to kind of run it into the end zone. The high, uh, the hottest thing, guys, was just a well-designed play uh, by the offensive coordinator. If you think about it, they ran two slants uh, on that side, bringing both guys in, and the entire defense ran inside trying to catch the slant. And then the outside guy, Hodgins, breaks it back out. He wanted, he wanted to slant out instead of a slant and go, and he was wide open, catches the ball. He would have had a first down regardless, but the, the stiff arm because the defender's out of position makes it easy for him to get into the end zone. Yeah, I, I think also with Hodgins, you know, a lot of us, I know I was, so I shouldn't speak for anybody else, enthused about him coming into this season. And for whatever circumstances, you know, sometimes it's the way the plays are, who's in or who's not. He, he hasn't gotten a ball as much this season as I thought he would. So I, I was kind of glad to see him uh, go in there, make a nice play and get into the end zone. Yeah, it's just that's part of you know that's part of what they've been dealing with the whole year. All the injuries, everything is slowed down when the offensive line can't play. Your quarterback's been out, you know. Uh, Saquon's been out a lot, so everybody else suffers when that's going on. When you have everybody kind of healthy, more guys make plays. Hey, hey, how about some uh, kudos to the offensive line? Not <laughs> one holding penalty. There was not one false start. Think about that yesterday. That's a pretty good thing, but you should be when you're at home. Shouldn't be any false starts when you're at home. But the holding penalties, again, I think they're a little lenient, but they they did a good job. I don't think anybody. I think we did have actually one. We had no, one. It, it, actually, it was it hands to the face. Yeah. Hands to the face. Okay, for hands to the face. So we we gave up holding for hands to the face. So it, I don't think it's as big of a penalty, but it, it was still still a penalty. <laughs> Well, Isaiah Hodgins had a holding call, so it didn't go against the offensive line, but it went against somebody yeah. else on the yeah. offense. So I think that's what Russ was talking about, the well, offensive line itself. No, they didn't. Penalized. I think Bell, Bellinger yeah. had a holding call as well. Yes. That was, yeah, Bellinger. Yeah, it was Bellinger and Hodgins. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But listen, look, the offensive line has been much maligned. So if we got a yeah. chance here to give him some credit, let's give him some credit because it's been they a did, They did a good job. Yes, Particularly Schmidt. Schmidt did a great job moving, moving around, being pulling and getting in front of guys. He did a really good job. Well, and that's why, if you take into consideration Tommy DeVito, what he did through the air, protecting the football, the wide receivers making plays, it was necessary. And if that didn't happen, who knows how this game goes? Because New England did shut down the Giants' run game. The Giants could not manufacture much of anything on the ground. I know Barkley had two runs in that 14 to 19 territory, but that was it. They knew, and Brian Dable, I believe, was asked about this in his postgame presser, and he said every week they always look to take Saquon Barkley out of the game. But in fairness, if you're Bill Belichick, you know he's looking across the line and he's saying if there's any player that we cannot let wreck this game, it clearly is Saquon Barkley. And you want the undrafted rookie, right, to have to do things to win the football game. So they were effective in achieving that. That means the onus was on Tommy DeVito and the receivers to capitalize on the short field. And I think that shouldn't go unnoticed based on the flow of Sunday's game. Well, well Howard, you brought it up. Howard, you brought it up last week. You know, Bill Belichick, uh, his record's pretty good against um, rookie quarterbacks. And I think we were talking about it up in the press box yesterday. I think career-wise, he's 24-6, and six, Belichick is, against rookie quarterbacks. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was not going to be easy. <laughs> Nothing's going to be easy for Tommy DeVito right now. But, listen, they got the job done. Man, man, if Bobby Okereke stays to the outside and just runs down the field and just outruns back Jones, then uh, 
I think the offense scores three points in the game instead of instead of ten points. Uh, that that was how 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 tough yeah. Belichick was playing our playing our guys. No, and that's why I wanted to highlight that Howard because of the very point that you brought up the fact that those ten points came off of two drives that once again started in New England territory. So I think mm-hmm. that says a lot about the quality of the New England defense, and it says a lot about what you're asking your defense to do again. And we continue to talk about this because. A win is a win, okay? You don't need brownie points and style points in the NFL. But most of the time, you score 10 points in an NFL game, that's not putting yourself in a position to feel comfortable that you're coming out with a W. Actually, I was looking through the NFL friends this season. New England is responsible for the only two losses when a team holds the opponent to 10 points this season. Think about that. New England had two games this season, Howard, okay, where they held the opponent to 10. The Indianapolis Colts in Germany and the Giants, they lost both games. Why did they lose both games? Because they only could muster seven points. Everybody else that has held an opponent to 10 points or less has won a football game this season. So you're not supposed to show you how challenging it was that the Giants put themselves in. You're just not acknowledging how bad New England's offense is. They're sure. horrendous. One, they're that's, like, the they're point. Terrible. that's the point, though. <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, only two times. I'm like, yeah, they, they are, man. I could actually play against those guys. And I got one leg here. They, they, they were they were struggling. Bill, Listen, Bill knows they're struggling, and they're struggling. Bill may take you up on that offer, by the way, Howard. Be careful no, what you wish no, for. Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> well, you know, they could use an additional tight end. Hunter Henry yeah. may not be getting it done. So they look no Brown. I'm gonna tell you something. Watching watching New England yesterday and their tight end, uh, I think his name was Brown, number 86. He was mashing some of our guys out there. He is one, you know, throwback old school kind of tight end, a big bodied guy. You know, he caught a couple passes, but he was like when the blocks were going down, he he was fighting with guys, arguing with guys after the play because he was mashing guys and knocking them out of the way. Yeah, I, I thought Zeke was running fairly well for uh, Bill yeah. yesterday. You, you know, he's yeah. You know, he can't do it like he used to be able to do it, but there's still uh, there's still something in his uh, getty up. He could still play. He, he's not doing it like he used to do it because he doesn't have the massive line from yeah. from Dallas Dallas in front of him and, and and you know trying to figure out how to stop that. But he did all right when he got to the edges. He made some plays. But what they what the Giants did was they were able to again rally to the ball. You saw a lot of guys in the camera frame when when these tackles were happening on these running backs. You know some of it was I must admit was a little tough because they ran it up the middle. They were going after the spot where Dexter Lawrence were. They they figured if Dex wasn't in the middle, let's go at the middle and try him. Which makes and they sense. got a lot of yards. Yeah, they got a lot of yards right there. But they didn't give up the back-breaking explosive play. The Giants' defense, you look at what New England did, Howard, the longest pass play, the longest run, they were both in the teams. So what they were telling the Patriots to do, you want to score? Methodically go up and down the field, go 10, 15 plays, see if you can avoid a penalty or a turnover. And of their 11 possessions, Howard, they only achieved that once because they scored one touchdown. Everything else ended with a punt, a missed field goal, or three turnovers. So from that standpoint, they challenged New England, just like Belichick challenged Tommy DeVito, and the Giants had the edge in that department because the Giants, and granted, they didn't have to go 70 yards on any possession to win the game, but New England did, and Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi have not proven they could take care of the football well enough over the course of that type of a lengthy drive. 
No, I mean, you know, that that's a that's a fair point. But I know you think that like guys are trying to quote unquote methodically move the ball down the field, but every team wants to methodically move the ball down the field. And I think it's easier to do than you're than you think when you have a better team, when you have the Mahomes of the world, he can do that. He he methodically moves the ball down the field. Almost every team with a good quarterback, the Eagles methodically move the ball down the field. Not every team's gonna have like a 40, uh, 20, 20 plus yard play in their in their repertoire during the game. Most of it is about being efficient and doing your job and being able being able to execute these plays. What you're seeing now is guys that are not uh, teams that are not. I won't say guys, but teams that are not really getting to their full potential. They don't have, you know, playmakers that you can count on. And sometimes it's nothing more than like you know being able to jump up and and, and catch a ball and spin. You guys talked about the Simmons uh, almost interception. The ball went through his hands. You know, he, he didn't thread the needle. He threw an interception. Simmons just missed it. So that's what, that's what I'm saying about you know trying to methodically move down. If you have better quarterbacking and and it it looks a little bit better and it looks a lot easier than than what you think. I do like big plays like everyone else. I think the NFL enjoys the big plays at the sports center. Everybody wants to see the highlight, the top ten plays. But being able to do it over and over, move the ball. You if you control the ball, move it down methodically, score points when you get down there. It's very hard for the other team to come in and throw a thirty yard pass, a forty yard pass, and move the ball down because if they miss it. It's, third, it's second and 10. Then they have to come out with something else. Then it's third and 10. Then you're behind the sticks. Once you get behind the sticks, if you miss, you're punting. And you don't want to punt against a team that can methodically move the ball down the field. Well, you know, Howard, two things. And I agree. I, I think, you know, to have those explosive plays, you have to have the right talent to be able <laughs> yeah. to have those explosive plays, number one. And while an, an explosive play, you know, kicks you in the gut, let, let me tell you something. Nothing beats you up worse. It's like in boxing, body punching. You keep punching in the body and the head's going to fall. And you see a team getting worn out with the hand, defensive lineman with their hands on the hips. Oh, man, mm -hmm. another eight yards. Oh, another 10 yards. Oh, another seven yards. It, it does wear you out. Yeah, I watched Buffalo. I watched Buffalo and Philly last night. You can yes, see sir. it. Philly just kept punching and punching and punching. Buffalo was like, oh, they were like cheering and looking at the crowd. I'm like, that is not the right thing to be doing. You guys better line up and play defense. And they just kept rolling over them over and over again. But I think it also showed that Philly can mix in the explosive plays, which is where <laughs> my point is. Howard, you can chuckle all you want. The bottom line is NFL, okay, history track record shows – you cannot survive without explosive plays. The best scoring offenses in football have some semblance of explosion. You look at Philadelphia, you look at Dallas, you look at San Francisco. They're not, every single one of their scoring drives this season was not 12 plays, 85 yards. They had a Christian McCaffrey run for 25. Debo Samuel, a catch and run for 30. Dak Prescott, airing it down the field. Philadelphia, they can do the methodical stuff. But they have to have the explosiveness. You're not surviving an entire season consistently doing that. You can so smirk at me all you want, but I'm so telling gonna, you, so that's what history shows. So, so this is what education is for you, for Lance guys, okay. and for all you people let, who are listening. Explosive plays because you're throwing the ball 40 yards down the field. It's because it's a guy. 
Because a guy catches a ball and runs it. You just mentioned Christian McCaffrey. You saw uh, uh, the the running back for the Eagles do it last night. They ran out of the backfield. No one, yeah. no, no one got their hand on them, and they got twenty yards or plus. That's an explosive play. Though you, when you say explosive plays, you're making it sound like they're they're launching the ball down the field. Players might get an extra yard, especially. especially yeah. Especially the Niners. Most of their plays are, 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 are passes that are less than 10 yards, and the guys run after the catch. They're hard to tackle. That well, makes that's them. Design. But, Howard, that's designed that's not, to do that's that. Not, that's not Part designed. They're hard to tackle. If you, if you watch them in games, there are yeah. players around them. Even the Giants, when they played the Niners, hit, they were hitting guys, and they were bouncing off tackles and kept going. Debo Samuels. Is a is a a hybrid running back, wide receiver, fullback kind of human that it's hard to stop him. It just is. You need and you need a lot of guys around him to stop him. If you don't have a lot of guys around him to stop him, they go for big plays. Well, and I know that it's it's explosive in the numbers of yards, but it it came from a very small short short pass or a very small short run or something. That's that's what I'm saying. The explosiveness well, is because of the player, not because of the plays. Well, since we're talking, Lance, since we're talking about explosive plays, in, in all respect to our Alabama alum, how can yep. we not talk about one explosive play that happened Saturday on third and goal, on fourth and goal from the 30-yard yep. line? Howard, you had to jump out of your seat when that happened, because that was the most remarkable thing and the most perfectly thrown pass I have ever seen to end that football game against Auburn. Then he yeah, fell right man. back into his seat, by the way, but go ahead, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, it's your shortcomings with these jokes, there, Lance. Hey, hey, you, you can give all the subtleties <laughs> you want. I can hang with the big boys, but go ahead. The stage is yours since Russ gave you a layup line, apparently, well, to finish oh, this man. off. Yes. Listen, it, it was a good it was a good game. Uh, Alabama did a lot of great things early in the game when they came down to the very end. You know, the the offensive line, uh, the center and Milrose couldn't get themselves on the same page. They made some mistakes. And when it's fourth and goal from the 30, I'm like, wow. And they rushed two guys. They rushed two guys and spied with another yeah. one. I'm like, what are they doing? If he would have chose to run the ball. He would have got a touchdown. That kid is run, runs like a four three something forty. He's like a, almost two hundred twenty five pounds as a quarterback. He can throw it, a, you know, for the length of the field almost. So you just put yourself in a bad position. He threw that thing on a, on a line to the to the receiver, and, and like the defender had him covered. The defender had him covered. That's when that's when you make a little extra in your play. Your quarterback throws the ball to a spot. You get there and make the play. And it seemed like the same thing the other night watching uh the, the watching Jalen throw a pass into the end zone and the receiver did the exact same thing. I'm like, was it like duplicate? He wants to like show that it's a Bama play or something. So it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> congratulations, congratulations, yeah. Howard. Because I'll tell you that was just a great football game to yeah, watch. It was pretty. It was pretty overwhelming. <laughs> And by the way, congratulations to you and your Tide for converting on an explosive play at the end oh of the game. Oh, my God. I was waiting so, for that. Congratulations. <laughs> Kudos to you and Nick Saban. Just tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. Really. Okay. That's it. Hel That's it. Helmer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Well, listen, right. I had to get the you final statement in as Howard is now lost for words. And with that being said, it's a good time to remind you all about our sponsor here on the Giants Hangout. It's presented by Crestron, a proud partner 
of the New York Giants. Our weekly roundtable discussion as we break down the previous game. Also look ahead and stay tuned for a special edition of the Giants Hangout during the bye week. Next Monday, we'll be looking ahead to what to expect in the final five games of the season as the Giants put together two straight wins for the first time this season. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. Stay locked to Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform to listen to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout. Have a good one.